what's going on everybody new episode chats with fab it's been a minute i promise i'm trying to get better and more consistent with this just just flow with me real quick but um today i want to talk to you guys about a book that i read um this is the second time that i've read this book and i know a lot of you have probably heard about it it is called the four agreements by don miguel ruiz and uh, this is my second time reading the book. I read it when I was about 21, 22 years old. But at that time, I don't feel like I was ready to really receive the message. Um, I remember I went through a period when I was really young and I was just like flying through books just because I just wanted to read them and like soak in as much as I could. But I wasn't really digesting the message and taking the time to apply what I was reading. So this second time around, man, this book has it's been like all that i have been really not thinking about but it's been one of the main books recently that i've just been just reminding myself what i read and like really trying to soak in the message and applying things to my life and i've just been super reflective these last couple of days especially um i'm always a very reflective person but you know, with quarantine going on right now, the coronavirus, social distancing, everything being closed, I feel like we have more time than ever to really just like dive in. And um, for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to give like a quick little preview of the book. I don't want to give, I don't want to tell you guys too much because I want, if you haven't read it, I definitely feel like you should. But The Four Agreements is pretty much a book about um, just how to reconnect with yourself and how to break agreements that no longer serve you and build new agreements and by agreements i mean either things or concepts or beliefs that were told um to you by your parents by society but there are certain concepts that just don't really work for you and i think that a lot of us you know we don't question things obviously when we're children because we are told that you know our parents know best and we just have all these rules that are given to us about how to act how to be um you know how to just uh describe ourselves how to love ourselves all of these things and some of those agreements are good and some of those agreements are very detrimental to our mental health and to our self-love and to our confidence and um, that's something that has been really like just heavy on my mind is trying to reprogram the dialogue that's in my head. And um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, you know, I'm someone who has dealt with a lot of self-hate, a lot of insecurities, a lot of self-sabotaging behavior. So I'm really in a position now, um, at a, I'm at a point in my life now where I want to change all of that. I don't, I no longer want to talk to myself in a negative way. I no longer want to radiate insecurities. I want to radiate confidence. And um, I know that there are a lot of agreements that I need to break that I no longer, that don't serve me. So reading this book came at a very like divine time in my life because as I'm going through all of that, like internally, I read this book and it was like the perfect guide. So um, the four agreements that he talks about, just real quick, um, the first one is be impeccable with your word. The second one is don't take anything personal. Um, the third one is don't make assumptions. And the fourth one, which ties all of them together, is always do your best. So I want to read something to you guys that really stood out in the book uh, for me. And I think that I'm going to break it down a little bit too after I read it. So it says, 
Um, this is all based on a belief system that we never chose to believe. These beliefs are so strong that even years later, when we are exposed to new concepts and try to make our own decisions, we find that these beliefs still control our lives. So that's on page 10. And I had to highlight that because the part where he says that even after like we are exposed to new concepts and we try to make our decisions, we find that these beliefs still control our lives. That was some of the realest shit that I have ever heard. Um, I, I've been really trying to, I guess you could call it my, you know, my healing journey. Um, really like the last maybe two and a half years. Um, 2017, after summer, I really just started to um, feel my emotions. And I noticed that there was a lot that I had to really recover from and process and deal with. And... Ever since then, you know, I've been doing a lot of the inner work. I've been reading a lot of books. I've been um, just, I've I've been really so, I felt like I've been so out of touch with myself because everything that I feel like I believed just, it wasn't true no more. And I started to, you know, really try to help myself and, um, you know, I, I was searching for, for sources, for therapy. I was having conversations with friends and really trying to just enlighten myself and, and just reparent myself, really. And um, I found that even after I would read something that would click or I would figure out where a certain, you know, behavioral trauma came from, it was still difficult for me to apply the new belief or apply that new concept. And I used to get so mad at myself, like, Fabiola Hernandez, you know better. Why are you still not doing better? Why are you still repeating mistakes? Why haven't you figured this out? Why is this taking so long? And I would just get so frustrated with myself because I was like, yo, this is ridiculous. Like, I know better. I I read the book. I talked about it or like so-and-so gave me advice on it. I wrote it down. I took the notes. I watched the video on YouTube, whatever it was. And, you know, I still felt like that old me the negative me, the one that was self, uh, self-sabotaging was still clinging on. And it was very frustrating. So this helped me to really understand that everything is a process. Healing is a process. And I've talked about this before. You know, we can't expect for something to click right away. That's just not realistic. So the fact that there are books out there and there are stories out there who affirm all of this just shows me that one obviously I'm not the only one who goes through this and I'm not the only one who has these specific struggles of not being able to overcome old beliefs even though new beliefs have been presented to me so if you're someone who is you know struggling with trying to just reprogram yourself and like just reparent yourself and and just relearn yourself and be a new you and you find yourself still maybe repeating some mistakes or just kind of talking to yourself in a way that's not healthy or whatever the case is um i do it too we working through it it's a struggle it's a lot of these things we're going to struggle to overcome because they're just so embedded in us but it's not impossible okay um i want to break down the four agreements kind of one by one so i'm going to try to make this as like precise as possible but i also don't want to ramble too much so The first agreement was, like I said, be impeccable with your word. Um, Now, full disclaimer, I have not been living by any of these agreements. And I just want to get that off my chest real quick. 
um, when I read this and it was breaking down each agreement, I was like, yep, I don't do that. Yep, I do that. Yep, that, damn. Yep, yep, yep. And it kind of felt like a little slap in the face, but at the same time, you know, I'm human. And, uh, you know, I had um, a little bit of a chaotic upbringing. And I understand that it's not my fault why I have like certain pessimistic characteristics or it's not my fault really why I had to endure the trauma that I did. But I do know that now it is my choice to change. So be impeccable with your word. Pretty much um, he says that this one, it is the most important one, but it's also the most difficult one to honor. And, um, you know, it's very simple. It's very powerful. It pretty much is say what you mean and mean what you say. You know, um, our word has a power to create our life, our future. Um, we are able to express power through our words, our power. We are able to, um, anything that we dream, anything that we feel, um, we're able to manifest it through our word. So, Word choice is very important when you're trying to manifest things or when you're even just communicating and expressing yourself. You have to make sure that you are using um, good vocabulary, emotional vocabulary, and are are just being very, very, you know, diligent with the words that we use. Um, he talks about how the word is a force. It is the power that you have to express and communicate to think and thereby create the events in your life. So it's one of, it's really one of the most powerful tools that we have. You know, you, you always hear, you know, be a man of your word. Your word is your bond. Like, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. All of that has to do with the way that we speak to ourselves and the way that we speak to others. And communication is so important in all relationships, in family, uh, friends, in intimate romantic relationships. Communication is always key. So saying what you want, being expressive, asking questions, asking, you know, for clarity, um, you know, asking the right questions. That's really key. All of that comes down to being impeccable with your word. And that's something that I really struggle with. I've talked about this as well. And I don't mean to sound redundant, but it's very, very difficult for me to be expressive and to share my concerns, um, especially in romantic relationships, especially when it comes to to dating and when it comes to just really being around men in general, because that's, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. I didn't grow up around any men. I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. I don't have any brothers, uncles, nothing like that. I grew up around all women. So I find a lot of comfort being around my sisters, my, you know, a sisterhood. But when it comes to being emotionally vulnerable in front of men and being like assertive in front of men, it's very, very difficult for me to do that. So this, you know, this is something that I really have to work on um, in all areas of my life, not just with men, even with family members, with friends, with myself, with strangers, with, uh, you know, business at work, things like that. I have to learn how to really be impeccable with my word and I have to understand the power that comes from me being impeccable with my word. So the chapter really breaks it down. I mean, in, in a beautiful way, it talks about how... Um, and being impeccable means being without sin. So um, let me read it. what it says right here. Give me one second. It says, 
the the I am in impeccable means without. So impeccable means without sin. Religions talk about sin and sinners, but let's understand what it really means to sin. A sin is anything that you do which goes against yourself. Everything you feel or believe or say that goes against yourself is a sin. You go against yourself when you judge or blame yourself for anything. When you are impeccable, you take responsibility for your actions, but you do not judge or blame yourself. Sin begins with rejection of yourself. Self-rejection is the biggest sin that you commit. So anytime that I or you or we don't say something that we feel and we reject something within ourselves, that's the biggest sin that we can commit. We're not honoring how we feel. We're not valuing how we feel. So therefore, anybody that is around us, they're not going to honor or value how we feel either. I feel like people usually, unless they're like really good people um will only love you and respect you usually as much as they see that you love and respect yourself especially if like the person's trash or not a good friend or not a good lover you know men are really good at preying on women and at noticing okay this is a weak woman or this is an insecure woman or this is a fearful woman and they will only meet you either where you meet yourself or like right below it So it's really up to us, like it said, to take accountability and responsibility for our actions and to be honest with how we feel and to use our our words to express our thoughts, our wants, our needs, our concerns, everything. If we don't do that, if if we bite our tongue, it it really is a form of self-rejection. And that's something that I have experienced firsthand. I have I have felt like I betrayed myself before because I wasn't honest with how I felt. I didn't express to someone what it is that either angered me or frustrated me. Um, And I realized that for me, I always assume that the person is just going to get so angry. Um, I assume the worst. I assume that like our friendship will end or the relationship will end or an argument will come about. I just have this, this, um, just habit of thinking that the worst is going to happen if I express myself. So then I sacrifice how I feel in order to maintain the peace. But there really is no peace because I don't have peace within me because I'm not being honest with how I feel. So that's a really shitty feeling. And I don't encourage anyone to be that way. And I'm working hard every day to be able to break that habit, to break that horrible agreement that if I say something, Um, you know, the person is going to be upset or they're going to be extremely dismissive. Now, I've done the inner work to understand where that comes from, where that fear comes from, where that trauma comes from. And I know that it was something that had to do with my upbringing and my childhood and the type of parents that I had. So um, a lot of it also has to do with insecurities and and issues of self-worth and all of that. And I read that, I read online, um, I need to start being able to reference where I read these things at but I think it was a meme on Instagram that said if you have like insecurities or self-worth issues and it's hard for you to like be expressive it can go down to your parents to the way you were brought up and it can mean one or two things either one you had a very controlling parent or two you had a very detached parent now me I had both my mother was very controlling my father was very detached so there it is but I can't sit here and blame them I know now that I have the choice to use my words and to use my voice to express myself regardless of what the outcome will be so be impeccable with your word was the first one and um 
that one that one really what it hit close to home because i've repressed how i felt how i have felt a lot of times i've done it to feel loved to feel accepted and it just does it's not worth it it's really not worth it so um that's that one the second amendment agreement <laughs> amendment <laughs> anyways the second agreement is don't take anything personally um now this one it's pretty basic don't take shit personally it's not about you it's about them i know that that has been difficult for me to understand because for one i'm hella sensitive and for two i always feel like if something hurts me or is affecting me how can i not take it personal like if someone tells me like i'm ugly and that that obviously is gonna hurt my feelings how can i not take that personal when this person is purposely trying to do something to hurt me but what this chapter just uh elaborates on is that it's always it always goes back to how that person feels about themselves so um i want to read something it says Personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum exp expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. So anytime that, let's, for example, if someone comes at you out of pocket, insults you, and you're thinking, oh, they obviously have a problem with me, I guess that is a little selfish in the sense that it really doesn't have anything to do with you. That person, whatever they said about you, that person probably feels that way about themselves. And they're just using you as like a punching bag to be able to lash out on. So it says um, what they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements that they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they receive during their domestication process. So that's real shit. Like, it, you know, a lot of things in life are perspective, not facts. And because we believe so strongly in our point of view and our perspectives, um, we feel like it's the truth. It's, it's facts. That's what we have to live by. But it's not. It's personal to you. It's personal to your experience. It's personal to your upbringing. You can't put that shit on anybody else. And once we realize that, I feel like it is. it becomes easier to not take shit personal and not get so offended when you see that someone's acting out of character. The best thing that we could do is just fucking walk away. And, and understand like, okay, somebody hurt you when you were younger. That's unfortunate. You're still dealing with it. I'm going to go ahead and go. I'm going to head out. SpongeBob me. All right, I'm going to head out. And I'm going to let you figure it the fuck out. Because people who do that, who constantly try to use other people as punching bags, whether it's friends or lovers or just are, have problems with anybody, usually I feel like they end up alone. And once you start to look around and you see that nobody's there, you're going to have no choice but to really realize that it was you. It was you. It was your fucked up perspective, your oversharing of your opinion, you're tr always trying to hurt someone. And they're going to have to know that they got to work within themselves. But as long as we don't take it personal, we know that it's not about us. It's about them. Um, it also states on page 49 that taking things personally makes you easy prey for predators. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you eat it up. Boom. That part right there. If people know that you value their opinion so much, that you value what they say so much, they know that they can destroy you. They know that they can taint the image in your mind that you have of yourself being this great person because they know that you value their opinion more than the way that you feel about yourself. So fuck that 
Don't eat up their emotional garbage. Don't let that become your garbage. Also referencing page 49. And um, little by little, I feel like we'll become immune to that shit. Because, you know, we have to understand that it's, that it's nothing personal. That they're dealing with something that they're going through that they're not dealing with us. Even if someone does say something like directly towards you, it's still a reflection of how they feel about themselves or something that was even maybe told to them. Not just not to justify when people are assholes and are rude, but there's always a reason for something. And once we understand that reason, once we understand the core issue of why people act the way they act and hurt others, we we can begin to like dismantle that and to really move forward individually and as a collective. So that's pretty much um the second agreement i want to see if there's anything else that i want to cover with you guys boom you know you are wonderful it is not necessary to believe other people who tell you that you're wonderful don't take anything personally even fucking compliments that part right there even compliments you shouldn't take personally because now you're also valuing someone else's almost validation of you so as long as you know you're this shit, as long as you know you that dude, as long as you know you that bitch, it's like, that's all that matters. I appreciate your compliment, but I already knew that. Now that might come off a little cocky, so maybe you don't want to say that, but you could definitely think it. Um, so it goes both ways. It goes both ways with like not taking anything personally that's negative and not even taking anything personally that's positive. That's real shit. All right. So I'm going to let you guys, like I said, I want you guys to read it. So I'm not going to get too, too, too in depth. But I hope that I'm able to talk about it enough to where you guys are interested in reading the book. Now, the third agreement, let me flip to the page, was don't make assumptions. That one's also a really good one. Because I think that a lot of us assume, I know I assume, like I said, I was not I, I wasn't following any of these fucking agreements, which is crazy. But anyways, don't make assumptions. So this one is um, making assumptions. And then we end up believing that those assumptions are the truth. We could swear that they're real. We could swear that this is facts. And you know what they say about assuming, right? You make an ass out of you and me. Let's not be asses, bro. Let's not do that in 2020. It's already enough fuck shit going on with this coronavirus. Let's not make assumptions. So, um, something that I underlined, page 64, it says, All the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. Boy, don't we do it to ourselves. All the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. That's a tough fucking pill to swallow. But it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, he also says that we literally dream things up in our imagination. I am the biggest fucking daydreamer. Like, I do an unhealthy amount of daydreaming. And I've gotten, it's gotten so bad to the point where I start to base my emotions and base my actions off of my my dreams, off of my daydreams, and not the reality. And I assume um, that just the things that are going on in my head that that's what's real. And that will also fuck you up. Again, coming from experience, that will fuck you up. Um, the fantasy that's in our mind, that's a personal dream. And it also says, um, man, making assumptions in our relationships is really asking for problems. It really is. This chapter really talks about clar clarification. So instead of making assumptions, we have to ask questions and we have to ask for clarification. 
if we try to avoid certain topics because we think that we know what's going on, I bet you we've all done we've all done that. And sometimes, yeah, your intuition is kind of guiding you and you're right. But I feel like more often than not, if we're just making assumptions, we're probably fucking wrong. And then you feel shitty when you're wrong because now you feel kind of dumb. And I've been in that position where I could have sworn somebody was doing something. I confronted them like, oh, you was blah, 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 blah. And it ended up being something hella stupid. And I felt kind of crunchy. And it was like, mm, all right, next topic. Let's just get over it. You don't even want to deal with it. You just want to like, okay, well, anyways, I was just kidding. Let's talk about something else. It's like, no. Feel that little mm, shitty feeling so you don't do it again. And next time, ask questions. Next time, be an adult, right? Be impeccable with your word. Don't take shit personal and don't make assumptions. Ask for what you want to know. What, what's that saying? Ask and thou shall receive. Ask for clarity and you shall receive clarity. Again, this is something that's hella hard. Something that is not easy for me to do because going back to being expressive, I rather just think that I know what's going on and like not really clarify. But, you know, if I when I look around and I see that my relationships aren't thriving, I'm not going to have anyone to blame by myself. So got to do the work. Got to be able to, um, you know, not make assumptions. Um, something else that is on page 68, it says, if others tell us something, we make assumptions. And if they don't tell us something, we make assumptions to fulfill our need to know and to replace the need to communicate. So I think confrontation is hard for a lot of people. And when you make assumptions, you're able to kind of like avoid that confrontation because in your head, you already know what's going on, which is bullshit. And it's pretty much trying to find the easy way out. So Anything worth having is worth fighting for. That includes relationships. That includes friendships. That includes bonds with parents. That includes all of that. Um, we just can't make assumptions, yo. Like, it says, this is why we have a fear of being ourselves. Because we think everyone will judge us, victimize us, abuse us, and blame us as we do ourselves. So even before others have a, have a chance to reject us, we have already rejected ourselves. That is the way the human mind works. We also make assumptions about ourselves, and this creates a lot of inner conflict. It, it goes with making assumptions about others and making assumptions about yourself. And I feel like everything always starts off being like me versus me, you versus you. And that is the root of a lot of the issues that we have with other people. So, for example, if you're constantly making assumptions about yourself that create inner conflict, that is how you are going to approach your relationship. That's going to project onto your relationships. This is why it's so important to make sure that you're right within. How you gonna win if you ain't right within? I always gotta quote Lauren Hill because that was the realest shit ever. So let's see. When we believe something, we assume we are right about it to the point that we will destroy relationships in order to defend our position. If that ain't the fucking ego, I don't know what is. You really have to ask yourself if being right is worth you being happy or it's worth the relationship that you're in that you're fighting for. A lot of people have, I feel like, lose people that they love because of that fucking ego and you just wanting to defend the fact that you feel like you're right. And it's it's just it's fucked up and it's detrimental to your health. And I really feel like it is important that this agreement, third agreement, is don't make assumptions. Um, with clear communication, all of your relationships will change, not only with your partner, but with everyone else. You have to say, this is what I want. This is what you want. If we communicate in this way, our word becomes impeccable. Boom. It's so scary. I know it is. It's scary as fuck for me. But it's possible and I feel like it's really necessary. And I think that the most challenging things in life 
are the things that will help us grow the most are the you know it's just those are the biggest factors in our life and i feel like the most challenging it is you just know that there's going to be a, a greater lesson that you're going to grow so much from that because nothing you don't really grow from shit that's easy if communicating was easy everybody would do it right we would have great communication but we don't because it's hard but when you learn how to do it right you grow and i feel like if you're like me you want to grow you want to outgrow the old you the toxic you and you want to be a new you so this book is really a guide for that um now the last agreement that i want to get to which kind of ties all of them together is always do your best so this one ties all of them together because like i said all you know these agreements are hard it's hard to break from you know away from your old ways but if you're always doing your best you'll you'll catch on to these agreements sooner than later but if you're doing a half-assed job it's going to be even harder for you to implement these new agreements into your life so always do your best you can apply it to being impeccable with your word to not taking things personal and to not making assumptions and as long as you're doing your best even if you relapse even if you fuck up even if maybe you do make an assumption here and there even if maybe you do you know one day take some personally even if one day you oh, bite your tongue and get frog gets stuck in your throat and you can't really say something as long as you know that you did your best you know that you can be gentle with yourself you know that um you know everything that that is worth changing is going to be a process and um, you just have to do your best. The more energy that you spend on doing your best, the, the greater the outcome will be. Um, so something that it says that I thought was also important, page 76. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed. And in the end, your best will not be enough. So don't try to do more than your best. Just simply do your best. Like this isn't a time to be an overachiever. This isn't a time to fucking try to be Superman or Wonder Woman and go above and beyond. Be humble. Do your best. And also your best is going to look different every day. So we, I don't feel like we should have a certain expectation of like on this day i did amazing i did great i felt good that is what my best will look like should look like all the time now that's going to be the metric scale at which i measure what my best is there's going to be a day where maybe you're sick maybe you didn't sleep well enough maybe you got into an argument with a loved one your best is going to be different that day and that's okay um we have to learn i have to learn how to not be a perfectionist when it comes to like my own self and we have to learn how to be flexible yo be flexible with life be flexible with the shit that happens on this world yo we have good days we have bad days some days we're happy some days we're sad our best is going to go up and down it's it's gonna be it's gonna change so every single day do your best whatever that best is and we'll be straight if you do less than your best it says that you subject yourself to frustration self-judgment guilt and regrets because we know when we ain't being shit let's just keep it real we know, I know when I'm not shit. I tell myself, Fabiola, you're not shit today. And I know that. And that fucks me up more than trying to do something and either like maybe failing or trying to do something but not succeeding. If I don't try at all, I feel like shit. And like he says, there's frustration, there's judgment, there's guilt, and there's regret. Guilt and regret are some of like the worst feelings that you could possibly live with. Again, I know because I've lived with them couple times different situations for many years if you always do your best you'll break that spell that you have been under 
whatever spell that is, as long as you're trying your freaking hardest, yo, you'll be able to thrive. You'll be able to come out on top. You'll be able to just live your best life eventually. Um, another part that uh, I really like in the book, he says, do your best and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, love and be happy. You are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You are here to live, to be happy and to love. That's all. I feel like so many of us just want to be happy. And I honestly feel like we complicate life more just because it could all be so simple. But at the same time, it's not because it's so deep. So I get it. I'm not judging anybody. Cause shit, can't even judge myself. But um, another thing that it says about always doing your best. It says uh, most people do. Okay, no, wait. Let me rephrase that. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. When you always do your best, you take action. Doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you're expecting a reward. Most people do exactly the opposite. They only take action when they expect a reward and they don't enjoy the action. And that's the reason why they don't do their best. How many times have you guys heard the the phrase, enjoy the process? Right? But no. Nobody wants to enjoy the process. Everybody just wants to be at the finish line already. Everybody just wants to be rich, just wants to have the business, just wants to have the relationship, just wants to have the money in the bank account. I've been in that situation where I'm like, I don't want to do the process. This fucking sucks. No, why can't I just get there already? Therefore, because I'm angry and I'm frustrated that I'm not where I feel like I want to be, I do a half-assed job and I don't do my best. I've definitely have done that before. And I think a lot of us do. We have to do things because we love it and know that the reward will come. Not be so, like, if it's money, money's out there. You know what I mean? Money is out there. Businesses thrive. People are, you know, we have a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? What's the word that I'm looking for? What's the, a consumer, <laughs> a consumer um, culture. People want to buy shit. Like, the money will come. But if you're not building up a team, if you're not trusting the process, enjoying the process, having fun, laughing at your mistake, laughing at your failures, shit's going to seem like it's taking forever. And then either you're going to try to rush through things or you're going to try to find shortcuts or, you know, you're going to try to scam the system or whatever the case might be. And then that's just going to put you like 10 steps backwards. And it's really, again, us doing it to ourselves. So I thought that was really important also to um, learn from our mistakes. Um, It means that we practice and we look honestly at the results and we keep practicing and this increases our awareness. And once we're more aware of our mistakes and of the things that we need to continue practicing, we can continue to always do our best. I really want to get that tatted on me because I feel like that just ties into every area of our life, you know, always do your best with anything that you do. And if you don't feel like you're going to give it your all, don't do it. I've even had situations like that where I've asked people for favors and then they, they do the favor for me, but they have an attitude or they do a half-assed job or they're rushing. And I tell people all the fucking time, if you can't do it, just say no. I'd rather a million times you tell me no and, you know, I decline the request than you doing something for me but not really giving it your all. And the same way, if I know that I don't have the capacity to do something or to be there for someone or whatever, whether it's do a favor or do a job, I won't do it because that's that's more pressure on me and then I feel hella bootsy if I do something that I'm not really proud of or that doesn't 
um, represent, you know, my my ethics and my my value and just my my work ethic, really, if it's something that had to do with business. So I think it's very important to be honest. And if you don't feel like you could give it your all, you know, just say that really. Um, something that's on page 82 that I thought was really important. It says action is about living fully. Inaction is the way that we deny life. Inaction is sitting in front of the television every day for years because you're afraid to be alive and to take the risk of expressing what you are. Let that sink in for a minute. Expressing what you are is taking action. You can have many great ideas in your head, but what makes a difference is the action. Without action upon an idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, and no reward. That little like paragraph right there just read me to the fill because I have so many ideas in my head, y'all. Like I'm always, oh my goodness, makes me want to cry sometimes because I that that's I do that. And there's so many people, myself included, that I feel like can be so fucking great, but we just don't believe in ourselves enough or we doubt ourselves or I don't know what the fuck it is, but we keep all these great philosophical, just million dollar ideas in our head. And then what happens? The universe is going to take that idea and it's going to give it to somebody else who is going to do something about it. A lot of the times, people who are successful... I've noticed it's not even so much about the talent, quote unquote, but it's just the confidence and the action and the way that they go about things. That's what makes people, that's what gravitates people towards you. And that's what makes people like you. A lot of the times, if you guys have seen people blow up and you're kind of thinking like, damn, this person isn't even successful. This person isn't really the best at doing this, that, and the third. But then you're like, damn, why is their life so fucking great? It's because they're actually doing something. While you, me, whatever, we're sitting on our asses thinking, oh, no, this, that, and the third. Oh, no, that's not ready. Oh, no, I'm not where I got to be. Oh, I have this idea. But listen, if an idea comes to your head, I feel like that's the universe's way of saying, do it. And sometimes there are ideas that maybe you have to sit on for a minute and that will evolve eventually. But you have to do something to get you to the point to where that bigger idea will be able to come into fruition. But if you just don't do anything... Again, it's, it's going to go back to what I read before about having um, self-judgment, regret, guilt, disappointment, frustration, all of that. And we really aren't going to have anyone to be mad at but our fucking selves. And I, I feel like being mad at yourself, it's the worst. It's worse than when you're mad at someone else. Because when you're mad at someone else, you know, okay, let me not take it personal. Let me walk away and continue with my life. But when you know that it's you doing it to yourself, that's a self-sabotaging fucking cycle. And we have to stop that. I have to stop that. I have to start taking more action on my ideas, on the things that I think about. And um, this podcast is one of them, man. I had this idea for so many years. I had an idea to do a podcast before podcasts were even popping. Like, I mean that. I have people that could vouch for me, yo. Before podcasts were even even came about, I was always like, I want to have a podcast. I want to have a podcast. I have this idea that I never felt ready. I never felt like I could do it. I was always doubting myself. I was always finding excuses. Oh, I can't because of this or because of that. I don't have time. It's too much. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. And now, look at, you know, it's just, don't do it. Don't do it, baby. Don't do it to yourself. Trust yourself. Believe yourself. If you fail, don't judge yourself. Just get up, 
try again. Word to Aaliyah. And that's the best that we can do. Now, the book talks a lot about what agreements are, the new agreements, breaks down the agreements. Now, it also has the part where it talks about breaking old agreements, which I think is key because a lot of the times it's kind of like, you know, do this, do this, do this. Yay, love and light, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but how? You know, like, how though, when I have all this baggage or when I have all these skeletons in my closet or when I have all this trauma that I'm trying to heal from, how can, how, how, Sway? So something that it says about parents, it says, you don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. That part right there. That part. It's time to be free from the role of the victim. The real you is still a child who never grew up. That is why tending to the inner child is so freaking important because I feel like most of our trauma happened when we were kids. Some fucked up shit happened when we were teenagers and then our young adult lives, yes. But I feel like when we're children, we're so susceptible to everything and we're so young and we're so innocent and we have fragile little minds that are like sponges and you don't really know how to question things yet and you don't really know how to you know identify like what's right or wrong all the time especially when it's coming from a parent you're kind of just like this is my mom this is my dad like I have to listen to them right so our inner child really is still there it's still there and that is the little inner child that we have to heal when we're going through all of this um I, I went through a period where I blamed my parents for everything and I resented my parents for everything. And sometimes I still do. Sometimes I still catch myself feeling a little frustrated at certain situations and, and feeling hurt about the way that certain situations played out. But at the end of the day, like our parents did the best that they could based off what they knew and based off how they grew up. And they grew up in a completely different generation than us. So, um, Awareness is the first step because if you're not aware, then there's nothing that you can change. So if you don't know what it is, what your old agreements are that no longer serve you, you don't know what to change, right? Um, Self-awareness is key. You have to know yourself. You have to know yourself. Um, It talks about that. It talks about the mastery of awareness, which is, oh no, he breaks down, I think there's like three parts that he breaks down or two where he talks about, no, three, the mastery of awareness, the mastery of transformation and the mastery of love. So I want to read that to you guys. It says, first is the mastery of awareness. This is to be aware of who we really are with all the possibilities. The second is the mastery of transformation, how to change, how to be free of domestication. And the third is the mastery of intent. Intent from the Toltec point of view is what is that part of life that makes transformation of energy possible. It is the one living being that seamlessly encompasses all energy or what we call God. Intent is life itself. It is unconditional love. The mastery of intent is the is therefore the mastery of love. That's on page 100 if you guys get the book. Um, those are the three steps, the three masters that you have to go to in order to become, in order to break your old agreements. Um It also talks about how all humans who are domesticated are sick. And now by domestication, he talks about that in the beginning. It's uh, 
the domestication process is pretty much your upbringing. Pretty much when your parents are telling you what's right and what's wrong, when the world is telling you what to believe, when society is, um, you know, setting these certain standards for you, that is the domestication process. You know, we're being trained in a way to be X, Y, and Z. And anybody who who is in that process or who goes through that, which is all human beings, we're a little sick in the head because society's fucked up. The world's fucked up. Sometimes our parents don't know better. And now it's up to us to heal from that and to recover from that and to tend to our poor little inner child that's inside and that's still dealing with the pain. So that's why mental health really is so real. And I hate that there is a stigma to where people think that mental health means that you got to have like schizophrenia or, you know, being like a mental facility. And it doesn't. Just how you get a common cold and that's your physical health. There are things that go on in our mental health that are very common, that are everyday, day-to-day, you know, things, situations. And we have to tend to those with the same, um, you know, delicacy that we do our physical health. So um, that's pretty much, I feel like, all that I want to share with you guys because I I don't want to give too much and I don't want this podcast episode to be too long. But this book has been extremely life-changing. It's It's open my mind to ask myself even more questions and peel back layer after layer after layer and that's pretty much what I've been doing these last couple of days these last couple of weeks um it gets overwhelming so I also want to encourage everyone to give your mind a break from all the emotional healing that you're doing because the shit is heavy it's a lot um you relive a lot of traumatic experiences and it's not cute you know it's not a cute process all the time and I think that a lot of people make it seem like going through a spiritual awakening or healing is just pretty and magical and you just have like this light beaming outside of you and that's not what it is at all coming from someone who has actually experienced it that's not what it is at all it's painful it's overwhelming it's scary you feel resistance but you come out of that as that little person that is you know, has light beaming around them. That's how you come out, at, you know, afterwards. So I really think that while we're in quarantine, you guys don't have anything to do. This is a great time to work on your personal development. This is a great time to invest in yourself, invest in your mental health. And um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's a wisdom book, easy to read, small, cute little book. And um, I recommend it for everyone. So I really hope that this was helpful in some way. I hope I didn't ramble too much. And I really, if you have read it, I would love to discuss it and talk about it. Um, If you read it after this, please hit me up and let's talk about it. Like I'm all about sharing knowledge and content and, you know, quotes. And if anything stood out, I definitely want to hear it because like I've said before, I feel like we have so much more in common than we know. And by us being able to share our stories we're able to share our experiences and we're able to like just come closer together which I feel like is something that during this social distancing we really need we need to find ways to still stay connected and to come together and I think um, discussing interesting books and things that we're learning and you know I feel like that's one way to definitely stay connected so shout out to you guys for listening Um, please let me know again if you guys have any thoughts any comments like subscribe share, text me, call me, FaceTime me, email me, DM me, let me know what's going on. And um, I will talk to you guys soon.